0: Alright, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect to the past through food. My name is James, I'm your host, and today is episode 78. So, first and foremost, I apologize for the radio silence for the past three weeks. <laughs> it's been a while since I've posted an episode. We had a baby in the family. Uh my wife and I, we had a baby, and that has sapped a lot of my free time and sleep that I put toward the show. So we seem to be getting on a better schedule now, so I'm back at it. Uh, As always, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you'll always be up to date whenever we release a new episode. And I have some great ones coming up, so you want to make sure you don't miss out. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite sandwich places ever, Jimmy John's. (laughs) I've eaten so many sandwiches from this place. I am what you would call a major fan. So on more than one occasion, I found myself deep in thought while eating a sandwich and started wondering, who is Jimmy John?" Sometimes a restaurant will be named after a person or have a person's name on the billboard, and it really isn't based on a real person at all. So I was wondering, is Jimmy John's based on a real person? And turns out it is. So Jimmy John's, we're going to learn all about the name and the person behind it. So James John Leotowd was born in January 12th, 1964, in Arlington Heights, Illinois, to Gina and James Leotode. His mother was a Lithuanian immigrant who came to America when she was 12 years old. And his dad was an entrepreneur who seemed to fail more than he succeeded. And they had filed for bankruptcy twice as Jimmy was growing up. To say that money was tight would be the understatement of the year. Now, Jimmy wasn't the best student, and he graduated second to last in his high school class. By this point, his father had a business in the plastics industry, and that was really taking off. He made a deal with his son. He was willing to put up $25,000 in seed money for Jimmy to open a business. The only condition was if the business venture failed within a year, he'd have to join the Army. Jimmy decided to take the money and started exploring how he was going to start his business. So I just can't help, but feel like it's a little crazy that his dad loaned him money to start a business, particularly for someone that I don't know, many might have viewed as a slacker in high school, maybe lacking drive and passion. I think it's great that, you know, as parents, we know our kids better than anyone else. So what we might see on the outside You know, his father obviously knew he had something on the inside that would succeed. So this is where the story gets interesting. Jimmy didn't want to fail. With the threat of military service and a desire to become a better student in business than he was in high school, he dove headfirst in and started doing his homework. He originally wanted to do a hot dog stand for his business venture. However, his research over the summer showed him that $25,000 would not be enough to open a hot dog stand and be profitable. The equipment was too expensive. He found that he could buy premium meat from local grocery stores, bake bread at home, and have a profitable business. It took him just a few days to perfect his bread recipe, and once he had the bread down, he could focus on the combinations that would make up his original menu. He had family and friends taste his creations and settled on four original sandwiches. They were the Pepe, the Big John, the s and and the Vito Genovese. The very first Jimmy John's location opened on January 13th, 1983 in Charleston, Illinois. It was a garage where the rent was only $200 a month. Jimmy bought used equipment and opened with the bare essentials, a very small fridge, a chest freezer, an oven, and a meat slicer. The location was bad and the business was slow to take off. Jimmy would take sandwich samples door to door to get people interested in what he had to offer, which, by the way, is something Jimmy John still does today. I've been in many an office in my professional career where they bring samples nearby when they open a new location. And it's always awesome because they are very liberal with those samples. He also started delivering sandwiches to nearby dorms at Eastern Illinois University, college students drinking late night. They need food. He could work late into the night. He didn't need the sleep. It seemed like a match made in heaven. He learned basic finance principles on the fly. He said, I watched what makes the bank balance go up and what makes it go down. He said, well, when I wrote the payroll checks, the bank balance went down. So he began to make some smart strategic changes with his staffing He'd stagger his employee arrival times by 15 minute, minutes each shift. And that really added up in the long term. It saved a few bucks in labor each day and over a year span. That, that made a difference. In his first 12 months in business, Jimmy pulled in 154000 in sales and netted 40000 He was profitable. Jimmy split the profits with his dad. And the following year, sales were slightly improved. This time, he used the profits to buy out his dad's share of the business with interest. He was now the sole owner of his budding sandwich empire. In 1986 and 1987, Jimmy opened his second and third locations. They were located in Macomb, Illinois and Champaign, Illinois, Within 10 years of opening, Jimmy had opened 10 locations. He also began franchising so that they could grow at an even more rapid pace. In 2002, Jimmy John's had 160 locations. 70 of those locations were failing. Jimmy had to put a pause on the franchising for a small period while he focused on turning the failing business around. Ultimately, seven of the shops closed but he was able to save the other 63 which was really impressive he later reflected on that experience i learned a lot from that experience so i changed the rules for allowing people to buy into my system as a franchisee i explained in detail how tough running a jimmy johns can be i explained the long hours the unforgiving weather the late nights the weekends and all the sacrifices that go along with the industry i made it tough for people to get into the system. So with those changes in hand, the Jimmy John's organization was ready to go into the next chapter. So how was Jimmy John's able to set itself apart from Subway and other sandwich shops? They used premium meats that lacked artificial ingredients. They also use fresh produce in their stores. Jimmy is often saying that it doesn't cost much more to go first class. So just go first class. All of their ingredients are first class. The defining characteristic of a Jimmy John's sandwich is that they are also made incredibly fast. Jimmy claims that his employees can make a sandwich in 60 seconds. Now, I remember one time I was standing in line to order a sandwich at a local Jimmy John's. And a husband and wife were in front of me. And it was very clear that they had never been to a Jimmy John's before. They were thinking that the process was more like a Subway. You order a sandwich and then move down the line while the sandwich expert customizes your sandwich to your taste. However, before they were even able to finish paying, their sandwiches were done. The look of confusion on their face was priceless. It was also fun watching them stumble through having the store unpack their sandwiches so that they can make their customizations. Jimmy John's will happily customize a sandwich to your liking, Just make sure you order your sub with the customizations in mind at the outset. Otherwise, you'll be blitzed with a perfectly crafted sandwich before you even know what hit you. So, Jimmy Leotard suffered the consequences of many successful companies. His empire became too big to handle. He was feeling burned out and unable to keep up. In 2007, he sold off 28% of his business. That seemed to help things for a while. However, by 2014, they had expanded to over 2,000 locations. He said, I felt like I was running out of bandwidth. It was getting so big and so complex. In the marketing department, I had a $100 million ad fund. And I'm like, how do I effectively execute a $100 million ad fund? The answer, sell off even more of the company. In 2016, Jimmy sold a majority of his business to Roark Capital Group. Jimmy Leotard retained a 35% stake in his company, and Roark manages stakes in Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Jamba Juice, Carl's Jr., Hardee's, and more, so they definitely know a thing or two about what it takes to succeed in the restaurant industry and grow a brand. This deal has allowed Jimmy to focus on the culture of the restaurant and the brand, and the other guys take care of everything else. So as I'm wrapping up this episode, it's taking everything I have to keep from ordering some freaky, fast delivery from Jimmy John's. I loved learning the history behind one of my favorite sandwiches and also the man behind the empire. It's also fascinating to me that a 19-year-old fresh out of high school was able to build a sandwich empire and a net worth of over 1.7 billion dollars with just a humble $25,000 investment from his dad. It makes me wonder what I did fresh out of high school, right? So one last thought. Have you ever wondered what Jimmy John orders from Jimmy John's? (laughs) Jimmy's favorite is a turkey tom with onion, vinegar, and oil. However, he's very clear. If you're going to order it that way, he is adamant that you have to eat it quick. Otherwise, it gets soggy. He's also a big fan of their new spicy Italian sandwich. So what's your favorite sandwich at Jimmy John's? And that's all I have for today. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe. I have some great interviews in the works that you don't want to miss. So if you really like the show, consider leaving a quick review. It really does help grow the show. Again, going through some life changes at home with a new baby around and trying to stay on top of my day job and also the podcast. So I'm hoping to be more consistent here with the episodes in the coming weeks, but hopefully you will forgive me if I miss a week or two here or there. Anyway, in the meantime... You can find the show notes and recipes in the description or at ToastyKettle.com. And you can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ToastyKettle. Until next week.